Welcome to No Green Eggs and Ham, a podcast about nothing and everything. It's not a show where we take jabs at the infamous Dr. Seuss, but where we dive into topics like art, weird inventions, pop culture, and anything having to do with cubby-wubby womb room tea. So throw on some clothes. Grab a coffee and ignore your responsibilities as you listen to the Just OK Sounds with your host, me, Sam I Am. Here we go. I don't know if you can hear that. You probably can. It's really annoying me. But one of the fans in my computer is starting to go. It's frustrating. There are eight of them in there. I narrowed it down to one. I should just unplug it, but to go through the process of unplugging that fan, I have to take the whole thing apart, which I'm not looking forward to. All right, we'll just power through. I don't know if I can. You don't hear that? And then it changes too. It it goes. I don't know what. Now it's going very fast. Oh, so frustrating. The question is, do I stop recording and take the time to remove that fan? But the other thing is I have to shut down my computer to do so. And I don't want to do that. I'm working on too many things right now. Should I have recorded this podcast a different time? Maybe. I don't think it would have made any difference at all. Recently, looking at photos, I I get these Google alerts every day. Back on this day, you know... And takes you back to four or five years, six years, seven years of a photograph that you had taken on that particular day in that year. This wasn't that. This was something about traveling. And I, I don't know. Do you remember when you used to be able to travel? But it took me to a picture of myself in front of the Colosseum in Rome. And I got nostalgic because that was the best trip that I've ever taken. And it's because of like the sights and the food and the experience. And when I came back from that, I kept thinking about it. You know, I kept picturing myself being there and waking up and just the the ambiance of the place. We started off the trip in, we landed in Rome and we drove up north into um, Umbria. This little mountain town was called Castel Regione. And inside this little town, there's this little square. And this is where the main road meets with this other road that's another way to get up there. Apparently, there's a couple different ways to get into this town, but only a couple. And in this town, there's not very much. There's some houses. There's Airbnbs for people to stay. There's a little cafe on the corner or a bar. There's a restaurant down the street, very tiny, 
and it's like a hole in the wall restaurant, very good food, and a little supermarket. And then there's a couple churches and this big field uh, with some stone structures of where they have this festival every year. We weren't there at the time of the festival, so I'm not positive what it was. But this little town on this hill, we stay in this Airbnb, and every morning when we wake up, we go across the street to the bar and have an espresso, standing up, uh, and then we would go about our day. But in the morning time, you look out over this massive valley, and down the bottom, you see this huge lake. And the sky, for some reason, every morning was like a mixture of blues and oranges and pinks. It was gorgeous. And across the valley, you see uh, trees everywhere, wildlife. It was unbelievable. And on the other side, you would see more mountains and just green everywhere. It was sometimes it was foggy in the morning. And that just added to the whole scene. I took some wonderful pictures there uh, in the mornings and at night night we were there one night before it turned dark and got to see the sunset it was just as magical as the morning time it was probably one of the most beautiful places i've seen where no one really is it was it was quite impressive i remember going to colorado as a kid and walking up these mountains and all of a sudden you, you go over this cliff's edge and you see this lake out of nowhere up in the mountain. And that was gorgeous. I remember that. This far, <laughs> far surpassed that. It was absolutely gorgeous. Definitely recommend going to Casal Ragione in the region of Umbria, just north of Perugia. So on the very first day when we landed and drove up to Perugia and stayed at the inn, you know, we, we didn't rest because we were on a, a short schedule or a short time frame, large schedule. We had a lot of things that we had to do in just a short amount of days. We were basically there on the first day to, to meet up with these friends in that region and, you know, discuss the possibility of exporting olive oil to the U.S., which hopefully will eventually happen. You know, the last few years have been kind of dry in Italy, so harvest has been, or hasn't yielded very much. We ended up having some pasta while we were waiting for them in this little tiny restaurant within the village. It's fantastic. That was my first introduction to food in Italy, and I loved it, and it just got better from there. And so we ended up having coffee at, at this farmhouse with our friends, and enjoying their sight. We looked at the trees. We, we walked the gardens, saw all the animals that they have, met the family. It was wonderful. I mean, it was so gorgeous there. The weather was perfect. It was so amazing. I think we went in October, and they, the people that we met there said that it was like the perfect time to go because it wasn't too hot, and it was just a beautiful time. So we have coffee, and then they, they invite us to go into central Perugia, into the actual city, to sh show us around and to um, kind of show off the town, because they're very proud uh, of their city. And Perugia's, the city itself, is the capital of the region of Umbria. We go into the city, we park in this parking garage, and we take this escalator up out of the ground and into um, this underground city, which 
was a, a city long before there weren't walls or ceilings and then you know they they've gone through several wars and and uh, sieges and fires and so the city was actually walled over you know they, they didn't fill it in they just put a like a ceiling over it and built on top of that and it was the, like i don't i don't know he was telling the story and it was an amazing experience being in this underground city and seeing like these steps that led to nowhere they led into the into the ceiling and that at one point that was just a way out and it was incredible the art there was amazing Perugia itself is known for chocolate the bocce chocolate um it's known for universities and it's known for art so there's there's been universities there for centuries people that we were with Giovanni his wife is actually that's where they met they met at this university she's from Switzerland and she came down to uh, attend school there and that's where they they met so we got to see these different um, schools and churches and it was uh, it was incredible I mean this is my introduction my first introduction to uh, a major city in Italy I'll speak more about the other cities at another time you know I, I think there's just so much that I want to relive that I think it's going to be a few episodes to explain everything because everything was just so awe-inspiring. But anyway, so in, in Perugia, we walked the streets and we happened to be there the night before the chocolate festival, which is an annual festival. It's the Euro chocolate festival. And so we got to see all the booths being set up. We had, Lintz was there and um, obviously Perugia was, you know, basically hosting it. So it's the bocce brand. And we got to see, like, they have all these booths. And then they have, like, this stage where they actually do chocolate carving. And it's a competition. And the massive blocks of chocolate. They already had them there. They already shipped them in and had them on the stage. And they even had some people practicing. It was incredible. And there were a ton of people there. We basically went down this alley and into a shop and was a little museum and the museum was dedicated to this well which is an original well for the city and it still produces fresh water like it, they, they still use it to get their fresh water but you get to walk in there and basically walk over the well and you're standing there and you're looking straight down and they have the, the top part lit up so you can see into the water which looks clearer than anything i've ever seen and then it goes straight down and I mean, Perugia is a mountain city. You're in the mountains. Like the whole thing is just hills. So this well is, I don't know how deep, but obviously it's an impressive um, sight. We saw that. Then we walked around the square, walked around the city a little bit, going up and down hills. We still haven't slept. This is, we got into Rome, I believe 7 a.m., 6 a.m., this is now after dinner time. This, I think this is like 6 or 7 p.m. Still light out. Our friends say, let's get some dinner. But when they say that, we actually walked around for a while longer before we got to dinner. And then there was this, he wanted to take us somewhere special. And he wasn't positive where it was. And the reason for that is because it had moved a couple times. And it doesn't have an address or a phone number for it. So you have to kind of hunt for it, you know, and when you see it, there's no sign over the door. 
So you have to look. And he had, he li- he lives in Switzerland now. So he was just down seeing his family. He comes down every October to help with the um, the olive harvest. And because that usually happens around the 15th, 16th of October, maybe a little bit later. So the, the last time he had actually been in the city was quite a long time and the place had moved. So it takes him a couple hours to figure out where it is, but it doesn't matter to us. We're just walking around. We're just enjoying it. It's getting dark now, but the night scene is amazing. There's people everywhere. We hear music. I guess they're getting ready for the chocolate festival. There's people drinking. Everyone's having a great time. And we finally, we go to a bar that's kind of like a, a music museum slash bar. And we have a drink. And then he's like, okay, now we can go. And we walk around a little bit longer. And we go to this old church. And behind the church is this doorway. And you can't see in. And we walk in. And it's this tiny little restaurant in the foyer of what used to be an old-time movie theater. And it was incredible. All the menus are laid out on um, magazine covers and movie posters. And you're looking at, all around you, there's posters of old movies, old American movies, old Italian films. Uh, Sophia Loren is on there, on the wall. And we go through the menu and Giovanni basically, I mean, we, we understood what all of it was, but he recommended some dishes. And the reason he really liked this place is because, one, the exclusivity of it, and two, because the food was absolutely amazing. And the chef, that who's also the owner, he wanted to play with different styles. And he, he would mix things together that didn't normally get put together and Giovanni made me order this dish of mozzarella in in oil just cooked in oil and I, I'm not lactose intolerant but if I have too much cheese we have issues and I just don't I feel sick I'm like I can't I can't do that this is he's like trust me just just get it it comes out in this little cast iron pan it's a personalized little dish it doesn't I mean everyone at the table could have eaten this but it comes out it's this big thing of mozzarella in a pool of olive oil there's lentils there's onions there's there's capers and i think that's it and and garlic of course the aroma was just stunning it, it was so good and i take a i'm like first of all i i'm looking at it, i'm like giovanni i i'm gonna die from this he's like trust me you'll be fine I mean, it's oil. It's just a pool of oil and cheese. Like this is, this is not, you know, this is what you guys make fun of Americans for because we just we put we fry everything. And I'm looking at a pool of this, and you want me to eat this? It was one of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. It was so clean. It was so every bit of that dish. You can taste every single note. In every bite and I finished the entire thing I mean I I didn't drink up the oil but I had bread and I sopped up some of it and I felt fantastic I had no problems whatsoever and that's what Italy was for me it was tons of eating we had pizza every day and gelato every day because you have to try the the pizza and the gelato in all the different spots 
you know, and they're everywhere, so you obviously can't eat all day long. But we tried different pizza and different gelato every single day, wherever we were. Side note, Sienna had the best gelato. The entire time, we're walking, we're eating cheese and uh, just and cheese and ice cream. I had no issues whatsoever. You know, sometimes you feel tired afterwards. You're like, ugh. You know, you get the meat sweats, you, too many carbs. And you're like, oh, I just want to pass out. Never had that, not once. And maybe it was seeing the sights that motivated me a little bit, but I don't know. There's something about the food there that is completely different than it is anywhere else that I've eaten. And I enjoyed every second of it. So we, we had wine. We had That's the other thing. I'm allergic to wine. It, it does something weird. Like, I, I don't know. I get, I get a little sick from it, and I get, like, it's hard to breathe. And that's only from, like, a little bit. So I'm not saying, like, yeah, well, if you have two bottles of wine, of course you're going to feel funny. No, this is, like, I have a sip and I, I something happens. So I had no problems with the wine there. And not that we drank a ton, but we drank at dinner. And then at the night, the next night at the farmhouse, we drank a bunch. Never felt anything. So after dinner, we walked around a little bit longer. And that was it. It was really late. We didn't get back to the B&B until probably 12, you know, maybe 12.30 in the morning. Passed out, woke up at 7, and then started the, the day. I'm going to skip the town that we went to. I think we went to Siena that first day, if I remember correctly, which I'm not sure I do. But I'm going to skip that and go to the next night where we, we were invited back to the family farmhouse to have dinner with family and friends. This was a fantastic meal. The vibe there was amazing. It was small. There were a bunch of people there. Hardly anyone spoke English. Our our friends spoke English, Giovanni and his wife. Um, one of their friends spoke a little bit. He thought he didn't speak very well. And us. And so we're sitting by Giovanni and his wife just so that we can, you know, have somebody to talk to. And so that he could translate for us the mother and the grandmother made pasta fresh pasta and they made goose and guinea fowl and these are animals that they had at the farm they have most of their own food that they eat is there locally produced from their farm the mother and the grandmother they're the ones that you know kill the animals pluck them and prepare them and everything it was so delicious. I've never had guinea fowl. I, I don't think I've ever had goose. And it was delicious. The pasta was fantastic. They had all these different types of onions. I've never seen so many types of onions. I go to the grocery store, I don't see this many. And they were all just charred and delicious. And there were so many different wines and um, hard liquor and some local beers and stuff like that all across the table. I'm drinking almost everything. Never felt any, like, definitely wasn't drunk. Nowhere near a buzz. It was amazing. I, I was like, how is this possible? So during the, during the night, as they're, you know, conversing, I think it was a, you know, a two-hour meal, they put three tables together because there's so many of us. And they're laughing and having a great time on the other side of the table. We're talking. But I, I noticed... That they're, you know, one side of the table will talk, and then the other side will talk. And then this side, and then... And then... So I asked Giovanni, what, what are they talking about? 
and he said politics and you know i look back over and they're all laughing and i said are they all on the same side and he said no no that side of the table is one side of the spectrum and then the other side of the table is the other one political party on one side one political party on the other side and i said but they're all laughing I said yeah and i said you don't see that nowadays where we live if you have people that are opposite sides there's usually anger you know there's usually someone's yelling if not everybody and everyone hates each other all i see is laughter he said yeah because in the end we're all friends and you know just because we believe one thing and the other person doesn't doesn't mean that we can't be in love with each other and enjoy each other and sit down at the table and eat and drink together it's just he, he was confused by me saying why is that happening why is everyone being so friendly it was amazing to see and i wish you saw it here because normally you don't i mean at least most circumstances i've seen you, you don't see that and it was something to appreciate and to to admire and so after that the after dessert the father left the room and came back after a couple minutes with a bottle or something and this was something that he made it was grappa and he made it out of walnuts i've always heard of grappa being made out of fruit i've had you know i've tried it a few times very strong liqueur made out of fruit and usually with whatever fruit is made out of that's what you get and you get that that taste of that fruit very powerful taste and he made it out of walnuts I'm like, walnuts, never heard of that before. And he poured me, a, he came over and he poured me a shot before anyone else. And he, he waited for me to try it. He, he was so like, he was like a little kid. He was just smiling and looking down at me. And I took a sip and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And he was so happy. He was so proud. And then he like motioned for all the guys to go with him and meet him out in the terrace. And he told stories. I didn't understand them because they were all in Italian. I could understand a few words, but nothing. I, I don't know. There's different dialects, and I, I, apparently I don't know anything in uh, in the country <laughs> dialect of, of Italian. So it was still fun to see. I was smiling the entire time. I, I, my mouth hurt so bad afterwards because I was so happy. And it was just an amazing experience to see all the love and all the, the friendship and all the food and the everyone was just so warm so inviting as soon as they came into the door you know we got there before all the friends did and they they came in and they greeted us like they've known us for years kissing us on every cheek and not every cheek <laughs> that sounded weird kissing us on both sides of our face and um uh talking to us and they would they would try very hard to say something and that that's something else that i noticed about italians they while we were there, if they, they knew you were American, they knew you weren't from, from there. And for the most part, everyone spoke pretty good English. And, you know, it, some, you know, it's broken up, but they basically got it down. The, the people at the farmhouse, like they would speak a little bit when they saw us, but then when they got into their conversations, they wouldn't, you know, and then no one really, they they okay so once in a while they i would look over and someone would 
during the conversation look at me and and exclaim to me and all in Italian but like as if I got it and like you know say kind of like right and my friend Giovanni would be you know translating a little bit to me but they would be talking to me and include me in the conversation even though I did not understand what was going on and didn't understand what was being said but as you know Italians are also we use our hands a lot so that the vibe of the the conversation you kind of get what they're they're talking about what they're saying at least generally so whenever I was talked to you kind of got it and you just shake your head and laugh and stuff because it's you know everyone's smiling everyone's laughing and you know that at some point it's at your expense but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day or at the end of the night everyone's happy you're there it's like cheers everyone knows your name except everyone's actually happy and so that was that was Perugia we spent like I said a few nights there and then spent the rest of our time in Rome but I wanted to just start with Perugia because that's where we started and it was just so nice to see the reaction of people I mean we got so we got to see the people in the country in the hills and then we saw city life and what people were like down there and and mostly in the city life you would because there's such hot spots for tourism it's very touristy so you get a different vibe so of course the people in those areas that work there and live there they speak pretty good english you know they they act a certain way because that's how they stay alive that's how they stay in business to see the country first and see how people are, react there like these spots the the cafe that we went to in uh Caso Regione the woman very nice woman she spoke no english whatsoever she understood espresso that was it so those small towns they didn't know a lot of english if any at all but the big cities they knew a ton so we we, we were able to to talk more in the big cities than we were in the small but for some reason those small towns you still felt the same amount of love that you felt in the big cities you know if not more because the big cities they see thousands of people every day the little towns they might not see any tourists especially where we were might not happen at all i mean we were there not very long during the day or at night um but the hour or two we were there during the day we didn't see hardly really no cars were ever going through the occasional delivery truck which only stopped at the tiny grocery store up the street or the cafe other than that there was really no traffic so i mean i don't know that it just everywhere we went we felt we felt welcome it was something like i've never experienced before from strangers if you ever go go to prusia make your way over there find a airbnb up in the country and and go that one thing i would recommend is find out how to get around we got a gps from the airport to go with our rental car and that that's great and all but the way they address things like houses and estates and stuff i mean there is a number to it but it's not like here it's not like a street address 
it's by the name of the actual place itself. Like everything has a name. Every house has a name. Like you'll see that in estates here in the U.S. Massive estates, they usually have something. But this is for like all the houses, all the farmhouses, all the, the little places have the name of the actual house itself. And it's not usually the name of the person that lives there. So that was confusing too. We got lost so many times because we put the address in and the address would be somewhere completely different than the actual place itself. So that was confusing. So get the name of the place. Or if they're telling you Casa Conachi, Casa Conachi is what you put into the address, into the little field of destination. Because don't don't even try to put in the numbers. We, we went to a place called Casa Conachi, and that's where we're going to end, end up having a, a family reunion in 2022, is at this villa in uh, in Tuscany called Casa Conachi. We tried to find that place in order to view it before we booked it, and we ended up three miles away, standing outside of this other villa, looking like idiots. And probably for 30, 45 minutes before we actually got true directions about where to go. So when you go, find out the name of the place and put that into the GPS, not the address. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to No Green Eggs and Ham. Editing is by Yovino Consulting in Glencove, New York. Producers for the show are me, myself, and I. The theme song was written and performed by Donnie Ronaldo on a guitar that I gave him because I don't know how to play. If you reach this far in the show, please take an additional few seconds to leave us a review on whatever app you're using to listen to us ramble on about nothing and share the podcast with your friends. See you, not see you, next time.